0: Hey, good morning. It's Gina Crash. Welcome to Spotlight on Maryland. For the next half hour or so, I'm going to be joined by two guests. First up, we have Leader Breeders founder and president Corinne Tiny Adams. And I have to toot the horn here and say you are also the only female Division One men's basketball assistant coach and you're currently coaching right here in Baltimore at Loyola University. Proud Morgan State alum and so decorated on the court. It is so nice to have you here, Tiny. I know you prefer that name, right? So we're going to call you that from here on out.
3: Yes, please. Thank you guys for having me, and I'm happy to be here.
0: We're so excited. And next to me is my co-worker, Laura Herman. She also happens to be one of your board members at Leader Breeders, and you guys have a great connection together. We'll learn all about too. Happens to be my co-worker in sales as an account executive at Odyssey Baltimore. Good to have you, Laura. We haven't actually been on a show together. I know, Jen. It's awesome. <laughs> it's really Appreciate cool. Appreciate you. It's really cool. So Leader Breeders uh, received your 501c3 status as a nonprofit organization just about a year ago in September of 2020. And um, you're just incredible And we want people to know um, As a relatively new nonprofit, so to speak We want to make sure if there are other people out there Who might not have heard of the great work That you're doing in the community um, We should start off, I think With the mission of Leader Breeders How about it, Tiny? I know you can take this one
3: For sure So just to sum it up It's a little bit longer than four sentences But I'll sum it up in about two Uh, Basically, our goal ultimately Is to impact the inner city youth of Baltimore Um, Our main thing is just trying to develop and empower the youth on all cylinders. So whether they want to play sports, whether they're interested in journalism, marketing, um, acting, whatever it is, um, we want to be able to kind of enlighten them and help them figure out how to get to their ultimate goal. Um, Our number one goal is to one day open up a youth development center. So that's more in the vision, but the mission is basically just youth development in, in the city of Baltimore.
0: And that's important to note that as a newer nonprofit, that vision is what people who are listening today can hopefully help you with because it's unusual um, or not unusual, I guess, when a nonprofit starts that you might not have a physical brick and mortar location like that where people can come to the facility. You are, um, we'll get more into that too. You're working more with uh, Baltimore Parks and Rec and, you know, you have programs that are going on that we'll talk about. But to know that you need a physical space like that to help as many kids as you can is something I think is really, really important to talk about up front that that's, you know, what's so vital about shining the spotlight on your nonprofit today?
3: For sure. I mean, we've been blessed for, you know, Parks and Rec to let us use some of their facilities, some of their parks. Um, We have other people who have offered space for us. But, um, you know, like you said, we're looking for a home in the very near future. So if anyone out there is willing to assist, we're all there.
0: That's awesome. And where do you, um, just to bounce ahead real quick, where do you envision that being? Or like, what would be your, you know, your dream to have that be a a particular place? Or is it kind of like you just... Anywhere is home, really.
3: <laughs> I think it's just uh, fitting the criteria of being accessible and somewhere where there's a need. So um, you know, we don't really want to make it too far away where, you know, the people we're trying to serve can't make it there. But we also want it to be in a, a, a decent area where we don't have to worry about their safety as they're leaving and coming. So uh, we're pretty open, but uh, we don't have a specific zip code or anything like that. Uh, we're just looking for an area that, you know, maybe public transportation goes to. Um, somewhere that is accessible for the youth that we're trying to serve.
0: Right, right. And tell us a little bit because it is interesting, uh, Tiny, your background that kind of led you to founding the organization, and you know, and then ultimately the story to bring Lauren a little bit too about how you two ended up working together and how you ended up adding her talents. And also your 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 shared love of basketball as well um, as players and coaches. I know that you're you originally grew up in New York, right? But then went to Morgan State and ended up, um, you know, studying and playing and living here in Baltimore. And oh no, wait, I'm sorry, actually I got that wrong. Laura, you're from New York. Right. Nope, nope, no, no, no! I around. York. Did I'm I get York. it right. Okay, you're originally from New York. Okay, and Laura, you're born yeah. and bred Baltimore. So yes. anyway, how, so how does this New Yorker and this Baltimore b-ball player? Uh, how does it all happen? Like, how, tell us a little bit about both your stories, if you can, because I know it's a, an interesting one.
3: So uh, for me, you know, since the third grade, I've always had a passion for basketball. So the third grade, I said, you know, I was going to be a phys ed teacher or a professional basketball player or both. Um, as I got older all of my jobs consisted of working with the youth. So basketball camps, summer camps, after-school programs, um, that's where that passion was really developed. And, you know, now that I'm an adult, um, you know, my passions are the same. Between helping the youth and basketball, I've been able to do a lot of great things for both the Baltimore and New York City community. I mean, community. So, um, you know, to kind of give you that background of just my makeup, um, then, like you said, coming in Baltimore, 2006, to attend Morgan State University, um, I actually started with a program called Morgan Mentors Winston Winners. And basically that was a program where uh, the athletic department, all of the student athletes basically mentored uh, a nearby middle school called Winston. Uh, so we started to go over there and, you know, the basketball players were The basketball players, the football players were mentored. You know, the athletes they had at that school And that was just a model that, you know, since my freshman year coming at Morgan, that was something that I really embraced. So the program continued through my junior year. And then uh, the guy that was facilitating, it he moved on to a different school. But for me, um, you know, just connecting with a lot of those young people at that time just showed me that, for one, uh, Baltimore and Brooklyn have a lot of similarities. So I saw myself in a lot of those student-athletes coming up. And since then, um, for me, it's just been important to just kind of keep paying it forward and, and helping the youth of Baltimore just kind of develop and grow on and off the court. You know, it's not always about basketball. Sometimes that's the easiest way to kind of relate to them. But, um, you know, I just kind of connected with a lot of the youth and you know, as I became the player I became at Morgan, um, it was easier for me to kind of give back to the community because, you know, people were coming to the game, so they knew of me. So anytime I wanted to do something in regards to giving back, people really supported it, and it was just easy. So um, in regards to specifically leader breeders, um, during a pandemic, you know, for me, I try to just you know, as I'm driving around and I see the squeegee boys and the young boys at the gas station that's trying to pump for money and stuff, um, you know, I drive around with singles all the time and I actually strike up conversations with them and a lot of them were telling me things like, you know, you know, I just really want to get my GED, um, you know, I have a, a baby on the way um, honestly, I just want to be able to travel AAU, so talking to these people that I was just, you know, passing by from a squeegee boy to a gas station, um, the thought Came to my mind, like, what if instead of giving them, you know, this money, I was able to tell them, yo, come down to the center and let's figure out a path to get you where you want to be. Mm-hmm. So then, um, you know, I started to throw the idea out to Laura and a couple of my other friends and just knowing people who had you know, similar goals and similar passions and their their dreams aligned with mine, you know, bouncing the idea off them as, you know, what if we became a nonprofit and we, you know, create a facility where, you know, as much, you know, as a youth as we can impact, we can have a place for them to come. So that's kind of just the story behind Leader Breeders. Um, you know, I, I thought of the idea and, you know, during the pandemic, um, we executed it, we got incorporated of August 2020 then like you mentioned we got our tax exemption status and we kind of just been rolling and building ever since
0: that's incredible and um i love how it's like like the seed of leader breeders you've always had that um you know that desire to to give back and to help others using your your incredible talent um so it sounds like you guys you and laura have been friends but how did like what was that conversation like, Laura, when, when uh, Tiny came to you and was like, I got this idea, you know, you've had all this time during the pandemic to think about how we can make the world a better place. And yeah, I how mean, does I, think that it, uh,
2: I think it started at a young age for myself as well. Um, I know both of us growing up, I think we both utilized the rec centers and the basketball courts um, kind of as a, as an outlet, as a way to kind of, you know, stay safe and, and be productive. Um, and I think we can both honestly say that basketball probably saved both of our lives, Um I think that something that kind of sets us apart is our generation is finally giving back. Mm-hmm. Um, our generation is finally involved in youth development, mentorship, um, coaching in all aspects. I think, see, off the top of my head, I think four of us are at the Division One coaching level right now, and there's about six or seven of us that coach full-time um, or train on the side, which I think is super important um, just to be actually in the community. I think that with our generation being closer in age, that builds that trust and that understanding with the youth um, that I think it makes it easier for them to, you know, not only relay their ideas, but kind of let us in and kind of break down those walls. Um, but coming back to the, to the basketball story, I think um, the foundation was basketball for both of us. But I think that when Tiny came down here, I think, shoot, I think we met at an open gym at Morgan, if, if I'm not uh, mistaken there, Tiny. and. Uh, we had we had some awesome games. We used to play at Coppin and Morgan almost every summer day. It was awesome. Um, and li- little did we know that one of our one of our youngins would kind of bring us closer. So uh, one of an- another Morgan State player, Tracy Carrington, uh, tragically got murdered in 2018. Oh my. Um, so she was just infectious. Her smile, her laugh, her energy. Anybody who was around her just loved her. Um, so tiny made sure that every year in July we did something to celebrate her life. So whether it was a cookout basketball tournament, um, just keeping her name alive, bringing people around who kind of shared that love for her. Um, I think that's kind of where our friendship really kind of solidified. Um, and I'm very detail oriented. I'm kind of OCD in a way. So (laughs) whether it was helping with breakdown or setup or, you know, getting the food or organizing something, um, I was always there to help. So once she told me the actual mission, um, Envision behind leader breeders, I was just, I was down to help in any way, any yeah. way I possibly could.
0: And that name is cool. It, it's, um, I can see the merch and stuff in my, in my head where, did you come up with the, uh, the name for it, Tiny?
3: Yes. Yeah, so, uh, I'm, I'm very creative, but it took me, I'm not going to lie. It took me about six weeks to find something that I really liked. Uh I wanted something unique. I wanted something we can create a great logo about, but I also wanted it to kind of, you know, when you hear it, I want your brain to start envisioning what we're trying to do, which is breed the next generation of leaders. So uh, for me, you know, I got a good ring to it. Um, You know, people love to say it, you know, so I think, you know, coming up with it, I can't tell you exactly how I got it to where it was, but. It took about six weeks of ideas and scratching out paper and just trying to figure out what can be something that has a ring to it but also has a great meaning behind it. But, yeah, um, I, I can definitely take, a, uh, take credit for it. Yeah.
0: And great job, too, because it's not often you get a nonprofit where part of the explanation of what you do and your mission is kind of in the title in a way. Right. Or at least gets people Thank thinking you. to ask that next question. So that's super effective already out of the gate. So tell us um, about uh, some of your current programs that you do have, um, even without that rec space just yet. I know you're helping a lot of people in a lot of different ways.
3: So right now, uh, we're finalizing our calendar. Um, specifically, we've had one app school program, which was back in April. Um, upcoming for the rest of this year, we're planning to have a uh, life skills workshop. Um, we're going to do a HBCU tour. And then we're going to do just something for fun that we haven't decided upon yet, but what we've done in the past, as I mentioned, we did the Life Skills After School program where we partnered with Baltimore City for two days a week. And basically what happens is the first half of the program is a life skill. So we've been able to teach our youth, you know, how to do CPR, how to sew in regards to planting things, how to cook. Um, you know, we did some arts and crafts. We also took them to Shake and Bake to, you know, learn how to skate and bowl. So uh, we're just trying to really meet them where they are and just kind of expose them to different things. And we know they all want to play basketball, so we saved that for (laughs) last. So it's like, you know, you do the life skills, you learn. And surprisingly, they enjoyed a lot of what we were doing. Then it's like, okay, we know why you're here, so let's get on the court type of thing. Great idea. Yeah, we were able to execute that for uh, eight weeks. And then, uh, unfortunately, the rec center, we were operating out of clothes. So now um, we're still working to try to get back into a space to Mm -hmm. conduct more of the life skill after school programs, but right now uh, we're just working on dates for small workshops that will be on the weekends for a couple of hours. Um, The first one is going to be financial literacy. Uh, We touched on that a little bit in the after school program, but we want to have somebody come in and present it a little bit more thorough. Um, Of course, we're going to have some resume building and also um, just college prep. You know, everything from, you know, filling out an application to uh, seeing everything through, um, you know, just really trying to give them an idea of what's important and and how to get to where it is they want to be. And then we had one other idea to actually, you know, connect with some parents, Um, you know, specifically me and my mom. We didn't know anything about this basketball world and college or anything like that. So we kind of had to learn through mistakes. So the idea behind some of the parent workshops is just educating them for those who may be able to go on and play basketball at the college level or for those who just want to go to college, period. Um, there are some things that the parents need to be aware of to kind of make the process smoother. So uh, to kind of answer your question, uh, we're working on finalizing dates and spaces for life skill workshops um, and uh, college prep and college Uh, tours and things of that nature. But, um, you know, ultimately the all-year work we're doing is fundraising. So, you know, as you mentioned earlier, you know, we need help trying to figure out where we can get this space or how to get this space. Um, We have spoke to some developers and we've been looking at different locks because we also are looking to uh, build a, a, a outdoor court and, you know, name it after the young lady Laura mentioned, Tracy Carrington. So we're keeping busy, but, you know, like you said, we're a newly formed right. nonprofit. So the biggest uh, the biggest challenge is the funding for the things that we want to do. So, you know, a lot of people send donations here and there, but for, you know, the building and buying a lot to, you know, connect with architects and and contractors to basically, Uh, you know, build these things up, cost a little bit more than what we currently have. So um, right now, as we finalize things, we're also putting together pitch decks and things to kind of help us Solicit donations and get people on board and interested and invested in us and our vision.
0: Yeah, that's really important. And you know, people can do that. Um, it sounds too to me that it's very um, on the ground, hands on the ground. Um, not so much. And you don't really get into the virtual world. It sounds like it's more, you know, it, you know, one on one. You're in with the kids, and you're not. It's not just some. You know, you don't fire up a laptop and do it. So we, you're definitely looking for in person yeah. spaces if you will and people to find leader breeders you're definitely very active on instagram twitter youtube you can find a direct link on those platforms on social media to your website and i noticed mm-hmm. uh, you were very active with your recent back to school drive so i was wondering how yeah. that went how many people you were able to help and uh, i know that laura was able to help out in different ways with your athletes as well and you could both kind of speak to how that went and uh, you know and i'm sure you'll do more of that in the future
3: so we did the back-to-school job last year, and it was kind of just random spur of the moment. So initially we did it at Jewel Hill Park, and we just kind of set up shop in front of the basketball courts. Uh, we tried to direct traffic towards us, and that first time we probably served about 30 people. Um, this year I had the idea of trying to connect and collaborate with uh, similar nonprofit organizations who had, you know, different goals, but the mission was the same in regard to the youth. So we partnered with about ten other organizations, and basically, uh, the event was a great turnout. We switched it to Carroll Park in front of their basketball courts, and we coupled it with a free skills clinic. Um, you know, every organization had to pledge at least two hundred dollars worth of supplies we probably spent over two thousand dollars on supplies and we were able to give away bags, uh of course, you know, all arts and crafting, sneakers, um, clothing, apparel, and a, a lot of other miscellaneous stuff. Um, based off of what we had at the end of it, which wasn't much, uh we served over seventy families in regards to that back to school job and uh, you know, at the same way we try to hustle up people the year before Um, There was actually some softball games going on and just people in the park. So we were able to kind of, you know, get traffic to to come over to our area in addition to the people who came. um, We did an event bright, so a lot of people were able to come out and get that. Um, You know, a lot of the parents shared, you know, some intimate stories with me. I had one parent who she was just, you know, like, you know, we live a couple blocks away and I I don't get paid for another two weeks. I don't know how I would have been able to afford this, you know. We had other people come in and and really, you know, I think I'm easy to talk to. But for whatever reason, um, a lot of people just tell me their life stories (laughs) sometimes on the first time we meet. And, you know, one parent, she came to me and she was asking more about the program. Like, you know, this is great. You know, do you guys have mentoring services? Um, You know, my husband is in jail. Uh, You know, my son doesn't really have Too many male role models And, you know, right there on the spot I was able to connect her with, you know Some other programs and mentors for her son Because at the time we didn't have anything going So I think, you know, overall It was a great turnout Um, We were able to serve a lot of people And just kind of get the word out So now, you know, those people are on our mailing list They're waiting for us to do something next Um, They want to be a part of what we're doing Um, You know, some of them want to volunteer Some of them have you know connected us to other resources so i think overall it definitely exceeded the expectation and i think everybody had a blast that's great we also served some free food also so uh, one of the organizations was a catering company so he came out and gave some free food and drinks and chips and things of that nature so it was a great way to kind of sort of you know end the summer but also give back
2: yes gina if i could add to that i think um With the main mission being the back-to-school supply giveaway, I think that we always want to create safe, fun events and environments for the kids. So we kind of sat down, went back to the drawing board, and something that I noticed was nobody else was really giving the women's side um, of the basketball world NIL deals here, name, image, and likeness, which kind of allows these college kids to get paid or given trade through businesses, companies, and corporations. So kind of deciding to focus on, the uh, again, the Baltimore-born women's side of it, We've reached out to uh, a couple local girls who are currently playing at Morgan State and Loyola University. So we brought them out to talk to the youth and help us with the back-to-school drive to kind of give back to the community and get them involved in well as well with the youngins. Um, I, I don't know anybody else who is currently giving women in Baltimore NIL deals, so... My hope is that this opens up the conversations and pushes more businesses to do so.
0: Mm-hmm. And you were mentioning, Tiny, when you were at the drive, you know, just meeting people and uh, who had children who wanted to be involved in the program. There, if there's anyone listening to this now that wants to know how it works, like how do people, you know, do they have to apply to participate? Is there an a, like an age or a geography requirement, that kind of stuff? So if anyone's hearing like, oh, this sounds great. I have a son or a daughter. Or is it, is it, just, is it just women or is it men or is it both? No, That's a good so question.
3: It's co ed. Co ed, Uh, okay. So that's how it was at the after school program. And the after school program was ages 10 to 18. But typically, everything we do, um, we want to keep that as broad as possible. Um, Each event will be specified in regards to what the age requirement would be. So, um, you know, right now, the, the age range we're staying between is 10 to 18. And then we're also going to start to connect with the college and the younger younger group of uh inner city youth but for right now 10 to 18 co-ed um doesn't matter your race anything like that um we, we want to just be able to make as big of an impact as possible
0: that's right and you mentioned volunteers as well people who are coming up to you and offering their help but whether it's through mentoring or uh with supplies in this particular case so are you currently accepting volunteers and how does that work and how do people get um, involved with that if they want to
3: Always, always willing to receive any type of help we can get. Um, The easiest way would be to just reach out. And, you know, as we have events, we can let you guys know, you know, exactly what needs to be done, what we need help with. Uh, For the most part, uh, a lot of our volunteers have assisted on uh, just the, the day of events. So, you know, set up. Um, you know, at at the time it was giving out supplies, giving out food, um, you know, cleaning up, that type of stuff. Uh, Those are mainly what our volunteers do. Um, In the past, we've done other events where um, some of them have helped us connect with other resources. So we've done a crab feast, we've done a sneaker ball. We actually had one of our volunteers, uh, she did the decor for our sneaker ball, and it was amazing. And she did it for free. I still paid her, but um, you know, it's like I said, I think because of What we're doing, what our mission is, um, a lot of people want to get on board. So, like I said, we're definitely open to whoever wants to help and assist in any way. But the easiest thing would be to reach out via social media or our email address, uh, leaderbreeders at gmail.com. And just, you know, express your interest and and we'll definitely get back and and let you know exactly what we have going on, when we're doing it, and then just, you know, what's the best way to kind of execute it.
0: Right. And then just so people that are just joining us, too, uh, we're talking to Leader Breeders founder and president, Corinne Tiny Adams, and also Laura Herman, who is a Leader Breeders board member. And you mentioned social media, definitely Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. There's a link to your website there as well if people want to, you know, DM or or, you know, share what you do as well. And we're down to our final minute. So I want to make sure that we've covered everything uh, as far as your greatest need. I know it's getting building a rec center uh, of your own is that would you say the most important thing you need help with right now or are there other things that you are your current needs list uh which you might have a list right next to you right now of things that you need currently to continue um, to, to continue? To, to be
3: honest doing? to be honest um aside from you know any resource or insight in regards to you know helping with getting that youth development center uh you know, I don't I don't want to sound like I'm begging or soliciting, but I mean donations are always good whether it's monetary or items. Um we just signed up with something called Digitunity and they basically give refurbished technology items, so laptops and those type of things. Just anything uh that can be donated and will benefit the youth in any way. So clothes, shoes, um you know, more school supplies, anything in that area um, we're always willing to receive because a lot of people need it and, you know, a lot of the stuff we do, um, you know, it's, it's hard to get it to everyone. So the more the better, but uh, besides the insight or advice or direct connections to obtaining the Youth Development Center, um, we're, we're ready and willing and appreciative of all donations, whether monetary or, or
0: items. Great, and what what would you say? We got like two minutes left, just to let you know, uh, what sets leader breeders apart? Would you say from other youth development nonprofits? And I think you can both answer that real quick, whether it's in a word or you know, quick uh, quick answer.
3: Um, let me think
0: about that for. That's, that's a good one, right?
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's a stump. Laurie, get any uh, any answer for that?
2: Yeah, I think. Um, I think kinda of what sets this particular nonprofit apart is the fact that our generation again, like I said before, is is finally in a position to help give back. Right. Um, I think it's important to kind of I mean, to put it simply, to make a positive impact on our youth. Give them a fighting chance to reach their goals and dreams. Um, show up, be present, have conversations, um, relate to these kids. Um, kinda, of, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah. Have a conversation with them. You You're right. you'd be surprised at um you know, what they're capable of and, and some of the stories that they have to them. So I think that um kind of what sets us apart is, is, is our age, our younger age, and being able to really, really relate to these kids.
0: Yeah, and Tiny, I see that every time I hear Laura speak, I know why you have her on your team, because she's incredible and yeah. So
3: what sets us apart from other uh, nonprofits and organizations is our team. So we have a board of nine people and I specifically handpicked this board. So as you mentioned, with Laura being who she is and how passionate she is about the youth, um, we have other great board members who have been through different experiences. And most of all, they're from Baltimore. And just because of the connections that my board has and their experiences, I think that's what sets us apart that I know any other board who brings the credentials and experiences that Leader Breeder does.
0: Definitely have a great group. Leader Breeder's founder and president, Corinne Tiny Adams. Thank you for joining us and Laura Herman on the board as well. Um, you guys are great and if anybody wants to get more involved, I welcome you to go to todays1019.com. We'll have the audio from this interview and uh, links to direct links to find Leader Breeder's on social media to get to your website as well and best of luck with the continued growth and please come back again in the future and uh, you know share the the continued growth with with us we appreciate your time today
3: most definitely gina thank you so much for having us thank you so much for even considering shedding light on leader breeders and you know hopefully we can get you at an event
0: yeah i would love it i can't wait to meet you go. in person thank you for joining us from loyola university via the phone today we know you're very very busy and we appreciate your time and thank you all for listening this has been a production of odyssey baltimore